why is patient exposure so important as you prepare your application for medical school? And what does a chemist really think of the TV show Breaking Bad? Today, we speak with Dr. Robin Hyde, a chemist and pre-medical advisor here at Westminster College in Salt Lake City, Utah. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Uh, this is Dr. Chan. I'm down here visiting Westminster College in Sugar House, Utah. Uh, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Robin Hyde. Um, and I'm very excited. She's the, one of the pre-medical advisors here for Westminster. And uh, how long have you been working here, Robin? Actually, this is my 12th year at Westminster, so I've been here for quite a while. And how long have you been doing pre-medical advising? For about the last eight years. Oh, fantastic. Um, and so tell me about your program. Um, you know, how many students are in the pre-medical advising track? So one thing to mention first is that we actually say that we have a pre-med advising program rather than a pre-med program. Okay. So as a way to distinguish ourselves from other schools that might actually have like a pre-med major or a pre-med track. Mm-hmm. And so our system is all about advising students to make sure that they build a competitive application. But we don't worry about um, like making sure they take exact classes. It's all variety for them. So students are allowed to explore their passions at West. So in any given year, the freshman class, we often have about 50 people who will declare that they're pre-med. And that changes because usually by about the senior year, we only have about 15 applicants in any given year. So very kind of small, hands-on program. Correct. And by being very small and hands-on, that also means that we're able to talk with the students their freshman and sophomore year and find out where their passions really are. And then often they'll change into different majors or they will change into... That's one of your students now trying to call exactly. you. Yes. They'll change into different majors or they will end up having, um, they'll just find that they have other passions and maybe they still stay in science, but then they go into environmental studies or they go into neuroscience. Mm-hmm. They decide to pursue PhD work instead. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of back up here, Robin, mm-hmm. you know, I'm seeing the pe- periodic table on the wall. You're a chemist. I am a chemist. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so do you tr- teach a lot of the students like their chemistry courses? Or I do. Okay. And actually, that's one reason why, or that's how I became the pre-med advisor to begin with. It was about eight years ago, mm-hmm. because as the organic chemistry faculty member and the sole organic chemistry faculty member, I actually knew every science student. And so then it met, made sense for me to meet with the pre-med students, because I actually knew them by name, because they were in my classes. So that's actually how I got my advising position. And now, still for the most part, I know nearly all students students, because even though there's one other person that now teaches organic chemistry, I still practically have everyone come through my office. That's fantastic. And you have a very nice office, I must say. Thank so, you very much. So what's, what does the, what the program look like? Uh, how hands-on are you at the beginning? Is there, is there classes you recommend? I mean, how is the program set up? So yeah. how the program is set up is that the freshman student first meet with what is known as our START Center. Mm-hmm. And the START Center is what helps them choose their classes for their very first year usually, definitely the first semester. And so the first semester is usually general chemistry, and then depending on the intended major, some amount of biology classes. And then also, since we're a liberal arts institution, you always need to take what's called an LE class, a liberal education class. So that means you're taking a class maybe in history or psychology or art, along with your general chemistry and one other biology class. So within that, about first three weeks, we always have 
a week that we set aside as like information week, pre-professional health information week. And during that week, we have uh, three one-hour advising sessions or information sessions that we invite every freshman and sophomore to come to. And so it's usually within three weeks that the other advisor and myself, so the other advisor is Betsy Kleba, mm-hmm. and she and I have the opportunity to meet with hopefully every pre-professional health student within their first month here at Westminster. Fantastic. So we are very hands-on. Very hands-on. And, and what kind of services do you, you know do you render? Like uh, practice interviews, running through applications? What what can you do? Okay, so throughout kind of the years here, we definitely help with scheduling classes. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that we do. And then we also help students kind of keep track of where they are in meeting all of the extracurricular requirements. When it comes to application time, we help put the applications together. We do editing work, but we don't like to do only editing work. We have a career resources center and then also a writing center that does really good work when it comes to editing personal statements. And so we send students to use their facilities as well so that students get a broad number of, well, a lot of perspective on their application. Mm -hmm. And then the career center also does mock interviews. I usually talk to students about what I see they might work to improve on, and then they'll go to the mock interview, have a taped interview, and then oftentimes they'll see those very same things in themselves. Excellent. That's awesome. And then I just got done meeting with uh, the pre-medical society group. I don't don't know what to call it. So there's a student interest group, correct? There is. Okay. Tell me me more about this group. So with this group, uh, we usually have a president, vice president, and what they do is they work really hard to find the people who are interested in all of the different pre-professional health disciplines. And so that's going to be pre-farm, pre-PT, pre-dent, all of the different kind of uh, fields. And then together as the group, what they do is they put together a careers in medicine series. And actually, you were a part of our careers in medicine oh, okay. series today. I'll so you were speaker number two. Okay. And what we do is we bring in speakers. We try to bring in about one speaker every month to talk about a different career and the admissions process so that students have a really good idea of what all of their options are in the medical field. And then outside of that, the club also participates in uh, outreach activities, often in combination with the chemistry club. And so we go to different high schools, middle schools, mostly elementary schools, and even the local libraries. And we do outreach activities with kids where we just do fun science experiments with them. Fantastic. So uh, Robin, sell me on Westminster. Pretend I'm a high school senior. I'm kind of weighing through all the different offers. Why should I come to Westminster? Well, I guess the thing that we highlight the most is that we say we have a unique environment for learning. And that really means that we're very hands-on. So you're not a number at Westminster. You are definitely a person at Westminster. But what is also different is that all of our classes are very engaging. And in fact, very rarely do you ever sit in a lecture. Most of the time you're doing group work in classes. You're doing projects. And even in some of the upper division classes, the laboratories, you're actually conducting research rather than just doing some cookbook lab. Mm -hmm. And so we believe in active and engaged learning and not sitting in a room and listening to a faculty member just talk from the front. And I feel that uh, that really reflects our own medical school curriculum at the University of Utah School of Medicine. We were talking about this just a little bit ago, how there's a lot of group learning that goes on our medical school. And that kind of segues into small group discussions, 
case-based learning. And the way we try to do it with our new integrated curriculum is we kind of focus on different diseases or illnesses or the anatomy or what have you during the week. And then in the week, we try to tie it all together with a clinical case. And something like that roughly mirrors what's going on here. It does. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, some of our classes like our physics and even some of our environmental work is very problem-based learning Mm -hmm. where you're looking at a problem and then you learn about the world around you while solving that problem. And just to give a plug to, to our medical school, we also spoken briefly about group testing, and this is a unique feature about our medical school uh, insofar that a lot of the tests are group tests. And let me kind of explain how that work looks like. So if you get a pretend as an anatomy test, you take it individually. That's for two hours. You turn it in. That's worth 90, 90% of your grade. And then you get the exact same test back with a predetermined group of four to five other medical students take the exact same test. And we found the med students really teach each other. What did you get on question 12? What did you get on question 13? And sometimes the med students just have a certain way of teaching a concept or a principle uh, that just flows much easier than the professor. And then you submit that as a group test, and that's worth 10% of your final grade. And so I'm really curious, uh, Robin, maybe you could try to integrate something like that here. So I actually (laughs) think that would be a really great idea. Definitely what's happening even this minute is a lot of group learning out in the study lounge because tomorrow I'm giving an organic chemistry exam. Mm -hmm. And what students have learned is that it's really easy to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And so I have one senior student who's facilitating a discussion with this group, but then they're kind of answering questions, solving problems, and working together. And I'm sure that that will help improve their exam grade tomorrow. Now, of course, tomorrow they do have to take the exam independently, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure this group learning tonight is going to help them do better. You were like a rock star as you were walking up here. Everyone was calling out you. I'm sure they were trying (laughs) to get little tidbits for tomorrow's test. (laughs) They want to know what's on the exam. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about how you guys did. Uh, Where did your students place last year as far as medical schools? So actually, we have students in a lot of different kinds of areas. So uh, one thing that I like to mention is that we tend to place students both in allopathic schools and also osteopathic schools. We find that a lot of our students come to Westminster. They really love the engaged learning. And right now, they tend to see that same kind of engaged learning often at osteopathic schools. And so that tends to fit them better. And so an example of some schools that we're at. So we have a student at Uniform Services University, but that same person actually was accepted to both Creighton and Eastern Virginia. We also have another student at uh, the Texas. Well, she actually was accepted into the Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine, but then decided to go to University of Utah instead. Fantastic. So we have students at George Washington School of Medicine, another at Creighton, uh, let's see, Drexel University, and we have another student who's at Dartmouth. And it looks like actually about four students in total, University of Utah, just last year. So do we tend to be kind of your largest destination, as it were? Yes, definitely. In fact, almost all of our students will apply to University of Utah, and the other schools tend to be more of their second choice. Mm-hmm. And But because they just, a lot of our students just really like University of Utah's style of teaching, yeah. just as you've described. That's fantastic. I think there were some interesting developments this past year as far as increasing our class size. So, Robin, what, what do you know? Okay, so what I know about that is, uh, you know, before the class sizes were very small, about eight 
80 students. And mm-hmm. so now we're up to 100, and I believe... 102. 100, and aren't we at 120 this year? Or so we're 102 this cycle. Okay. So we just submitted a class of 102 students, and then the people that are interviewing now, it's going to be 102, but starting in the fall of 2014, people will be interviewing for the class of 122 to start in the fall of 2015. That's great. Yeah. And so the difference that it's really made for us is we have many students who are passionate about medicine, but the problem has been because the numbers have been so limited at medical schools that very few of these students have been able to actually place in medical schools. And even though they would be in excellent physicians, some of them after their first year of applying have decided to go the PhD route instead, even though they would have been excellent physicians. It's just the numbers were against them. And so now that University of Utah is taking more students, then actually our students who would be those excellent physicians are actually getting into medical school. And so they're going to be able to uh, be in careers that fit their passions rather than choosing some other plan B. Yeah. And then one of the interesting developments with Senate Bill 42 that passed this year is that stipulated by law, 82% of all seats have to be reserved for either Utah residents or non-residents who graduated from a Utah high school, college, or university. So out of a class of 102, that translates into 84 positions. And then when we increase to 122, there'll be actually 100 positions. And Historically, you know, I think Westminster has a fairly large non-resident population. Very yeah. large. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I think maybe half, would you say, the students are from Utah and the other half are from It's about 50-50. Yeah. And actually, we're really proud of that because it brings diversity to yeah. our program. Yeah. But it's also meant that about 50 of our per- 50% of our students weren't really eligible to apply at University of Utah. But now, with the change in the bill language, all of them, all of them because by the sheer fact they're attending this great institution, they'll be in that pool. And Correct. so I think that's fantastic yep. news uh, for anyone attending a Utah high school, college, university. It so, is. Yeah. And um, definitely for Westminster, it's a great it's a great thing to talk about with prospective students because now they know that there is another school of medicine that would be open for them to apply to. Yeah, fantastic. So um, let's talk about pre med advising. So, Robin, what's what's like the most common question? What's like what's what do people come to you with the most, or what what kind of what you know keeps you up at night? What are the questions that people bother you with or bug you or, or inquiring minds want to know? So. Actually, most of the time it's um, what do I need to do to get a good grade? And well, <laughs> that one is pretty easy. Well, you need to study. You know, mm-hmm. Studies need to be the focus, not going out necessarily and partying on Friday night, Saturday mm-hmm. night, although it's still good to have a really active life outside of it outside of your studies. Mm -hmm. But what I would say that most students are really interested in knowing about now is where they can connect. You know, what are the different ways that are available at Westminster for them to connect into the community? Mm -hmm. Because students are beginning to learn themselves that they really need to be out in the community volunteering, getting patient exposure experience. Mm -hmm. So what probably keeps me up at night is trying to find all of the ways to make sure that our students can actually get into the community and do good work. Yeah. And I like how you, you know, let's talk about patient exposure. You know, that's one of our criteria at the University of Utah School of Medicine. It's incredibly important. And the reason why we emphasize that is there's an expectation that you're going to interact with people who are sick or afflicted or, you know, are suffering on some level and you need to be comfortable. You need to have some skills and some experience with that. Um, and so at, the, at our medical school, you know, that's one of our criteria. Um, we ask that it not be a patient who is unconscious. So we get a lot of people who are volunteering in 
uh, ORs, or operating rooms and things like that, and they're kind of wheeling patients around who have been sedated. Um, there is value in that. I don't want to minimize that. But we also want people to interact with uh, uh, interact with patients, and that's patient exposure. So the way to look at it is um, patient exposure is getting your hands dirty. It's uh, getting to know people. Um, you know, people kind of have this image, oh, it has to be in a hospital, it has to be in a clinic. Not necessarily. It can be at a group home. It can be working one-on-one, taking care of an elderly person or an autistic child. It could be at a group home or things like that. So what kind of things – does that kind of echo what you've been telling people? It does, yeah. exactly. And actually what's been really great is through the years we've had so many students that have volunteered with other local organizations mm-hmm. that then when they graduate, there's a spot open for a Westminster student so we have someone new that fits in. And so we have students like working with the local AIDS foundation. We have students working for the MS society and in fact our pre-professional health club is kind of a partner with the ms society and so i'm like on their quick dial their fast dial Mm -hmm. if they ever need volunteers to help with any program i get a phone call and so then we put together a group of students that can help them with whatever activity they have that's going on so we try to make sure that we're connected especially to the different community places that are right here in sugar house Mm -hmm. fantastic well, Robin, I really appreciate the time. I always like to end with a fun discussion. Now, I'm staring at the periodic table, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Sure. Do you, did you watch Breaking Bad? So, no. Well, I guess I watched like the first two episodes, and I've had students tell me that I really need to watch more. Mm-hmm. But I got so turned off by the fact that he was doing chemistry in his underwear <laughs> that I just could not watch the show anymore. Because I was going to ask no you about the accuracy that. of what happened. Because you, as a trained chemist, and having such a wonderful you know periodic table mm-hmm. and you know a lot of chemistry type like knickknacks in your office. Correct. I was curious, like, yeah, if you had a thought about the show. and you, so It actually is quite accurate. Mm. I was actually at an American Chemical Society meeting, and one of the presenters at the meeting was their organic chemist that they have that helps them put together all the chemistry. And so it was really interesting to hear her talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that they definitely do is when they're talking about the chemistry, let's say that there's several different ways to synthesize a drug. Well, she will figure out which of those pathways has chemicals that are the easiest to pronounce, and that will be the chemistry pathway that they talk about on the show. Really? Because then the actors can actually pronounce the name of the chemicals correctly. And so they do try to be quite accurate, even down to the pronunciation. Wow. I see. I love just throwing it out there because I feel (laughs) I learned something. Cool. Well, Robin, thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you for the interview. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.